I think at one point Gibby Haynes like jizzes onto a uh, a skillet and it spells out Satan, I think. <laughs> the most butthole surfers thing ever. I didn't like summarize the movie or anything. I didn't do like what you guys do on I Hope You Suffer, what we do for other stuff. So, because like at this point, we've all seen it and probably other people have seen it. So, I'm sure Nathan can just summarize the plot. <laughs> he watched it four times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to do something at work <laughs> besides work. You've seen this though before, right? Nathan? Me? Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw this like in the nineties. <laughs> oh, see, so one of the, your your ten dollars was some of the thirty thousand dollars that it made, or whatever the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I saw it not in a theater. Uh, like it was after it came to like VHS. I remember renting yeah. it because I was obsessed with Bill and Ted as a kid. So, as yeah. one is, and still am. <laughs> yep. I do yeah, feel I like mean, I am the kid in this in this group, though. Like I probably don't relate to Bill and Ted the way you guys like grew up with it. <laughs> well, that, that's I, okay. I I I have like distinct memories of forcing my grandpa to take me to see Bogus Journey when it came out, like the day it came out. Uh, I was probably awesome. like eleven or something when that came out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I feel like Bill and Ted. I just saw. I I constantly saw uh, reruns, maybe on like TBS or TNT, for like years. Yeah. And then I and then I finally got around to like actually watching them all the way through. At least at least the first one. I feel like when I sat down and watched Bogus, um, it was less familiar to me. But I was like, oh my gosh, this movie is amazing. Yeah, it's so good. I haven't seen Bogus. I've seen the first one. I have. Oh, I haven't seen the new yeah. one either, actually. But I, I, am of, uh, am of the unpopular opinion that Bogus is better than Excellent. Oh 100%. yeah, that's that's not an opinion in in my apartment for sure. Because Sarah fucking loves the first movie and she does not like Bogus. I, I, I mean, like they're both like they're. I, I put them both pretty high on that pedestal. I don't like. I wouldn't say. Like I don't necessarily think I, I guess I can't say one's necessarily better than the other. I think I just I rewatch Bogus more because it's got I think it's I think it's funner. Yeah, mm. I I agree. I I mean if it's, I had to pick one over the other, I'd go Bogus any day of the week. It's, it's like Alien versus Aliens. Like they're both. I was just gonna say that perfect. You know. Yes. Well, and for a long time, I would joke that this was uh, you know before Face the Music came out. I would joke that this was like the long lost Bill and Ted, like end of the trilogy, just because of Keanu's, you know, uncredited role in in Freaked. I, I, in my head, I was like, yeah, why not? Just make it a weird 
<laughs> weird trilogy with the other two. I was gonna say is like especially when you're not expecting that a third Bill and Ted will happen. Like I don't yeah. I don't know how many people would think that like a third Bill and Ted movie would actually happen. And so if we happen to get <clears throat> if we happen to get a movie with the two of them in there that's like close enough in time wise to it, like why not? Yeah. I mean, I think Galaxy Quest is one of the best Star Trek movies. So, like, why the why the fuck not? <laughs> that movie fucking rules. We just rewatched it recently. It's so good. It is good. It's such a great movie. I'm gonna do with the hot take that I actually like Freak better than Bill and Ted. I think that's a hot take. <laughs> Maybe, but I'll go with you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because is... you guys aren't just like, oh, he's canceled. <laughs> I mean, I grew up, like, I mean, I only saw Bogus Journey last year, like, in pandemic times. So I don't really, uh, it was it was just excellent for me that I watched over and over again. And so, and similarly, like, I think f this is my first time watching it last night. And I, I, I mean, it's, it's the, the surprise uh, of, of literally everything, including the fact that fucking Keanu Reeves is in this movie. <laughs> Did you see how Keanu Reeves made $1 million just doing that role? That, Did he really? Out of the like $12 million to make the whole movie. That is amazing. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, well, because I was definitely like, this this Ortiz guy, there's something like... There's something compelling about him. Like, I almost feel like the movie should be about him instead. I don't, I, I'm just like, ah, they've got a really good actor or something. I don't know. And then when Jeremy, you posted on Instagram, I was like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, only cause... upset that we couldn't do the reveal, like, on, yeah, on yeah. here. But I'm sure I mean, I'm was... still processing it. Like, I'm st my mind is still sort of like doing uh, somersaults. It's like once once you know that, like the voice is so identified. I, I yeah. just easily picked yeah. out once he starts talking. Yeah, he does a much better accent in this than he did in Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but what's crazy is like looking at his. I like I'm just now looking at his filmography. What what he was? I mean, he had done Point Break. Bogus Journey, My Own Private Idaho, Dracula, and then, so that was like 91, 92, Freak came out in 93, Speed came out. I mean, he was like in his element in the, I guess, the early part of his career when he when he popped in to do this, which is just hilarious to me. Yeah. They should remake Speed, but with Ortiz. <laughs> they can call it Speedy Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> With a squirrel that distracts him, and then the bus blows up. <laughs> so, all solid. John, what? I mean, I'm just curious. What was your? And and okay, so John, this was your first time. Dylan, you had seen bits and pieces, but this yeah. was your first. Okay. Yeah, yeah like I'm, I, I'm super I, curious to get y'all's take since you're so fresh to it. I, yeah, I had seen it like back just on like cable at like just random points, or like you know you had a Friday off and you're just up late watching TV. I'm flipping through the channels like, oh, man, the feed on Channel 99 is not good tonight. Let's see what's on Encore. And I'm like, what in the Christ is this fucking movie? <laughs> and it's just such a weird spectacle of a film that, you know, you just keep coming back to it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, you heard of it here, whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden, Nathan's like, it's the greatest fucking movie ever. So I was like, I'll, I'll give this a shot. You know, I, I thought it was I mean, I had a lot of uh, comments about it but I thought it was great. I really liked it. Totally, like, uh, the one thing I'll say about it is that I think that in terms of it being a cult film, it's one of the 
uh, it definitely lives up to its uh, reputation as as a cult film. Like, uh, I don't really think Boondock Saints kind of earns its cult status because I I don't think it's like that great of a movie. But this right. I thought was a way like totally hit the the standard of being like a cult movie. For myself, watching it the first time, knowing nothing about it, like my first my first two thoughts were UHF and Brazil. Especially the part where William Sadler Sadler has the the the, the lever that makes the uh, the strings the on the board members' hands go up. <laughs> oh my God, I was like, that part's Fuck, amazing. <laughs> my first I was, oh God, this is Brazil. I fucking love that shit. And then <laughs> all the goofy TV, so like they're playing Hollywood Squares. I was like, somewhere Weird Al is like, you know, shaking his fist at the heavens, wondering like, why the hell did I do this? <laughs> it does have a UHF vibe. I didn't think of that. Yeah, UHF I think is a pretty good uh-huh. comparison. Like this movie, like uh, movie's good. I I would be really interested to hear like a, a, an eighteen year old watch this movie now mm. because like it's such a product of its time. Like it's this it's it's the most nineties MTV movie i could imagine outside of like beavis and butthead do america yeah there's a ton of like really deep cut references that i that even i only remember as references from my childhood not like the original thing but i just remember things like the simpsons when i was a kid riffing on thing going back even further so that that's that's Uh the kind of distance that i have that would be wild to show to someone even younger than myself i just like picture like trying to explain like hollywood squares to like (laughs) an 18 year old watching this now or like the the bob vila reference when he yes yeah i was like specifically i i know that because oh that watching that's that's the guy as a kid who keeps showing up and he's like oh here you could do this with the design of the whatever whatever like i didn't get that but Mm. i understood it enough to be like (laughs) Uh, oh this is some weird reference to it and i thought it was funny that he kept coming back yeah. Bob Vila was the bane of my existence as a kid because of like <laughs> Saturday morning when you, I just wanted to watch cartoons yep. and my dad wanted to watch the this old house. Yep. Oh yeah, dude, same thing. I wanted to watch cartoons and I my grandparents were like, no, the the antique show or this old house is on. And I'm like, yeah. oh, hated that shit. Yeah. I mean, since we brought up Galaxy Quest, Bob Vila is basically the real life, hopefully non-shitty, but I've never looked up Bob Vila version of Tim Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. awesome. Do you think anybody's looked up Bob Vila to just be like, does Bob was Bob Vila problematic? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only people who care about Bob Vila are our dads, so probably not. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm fact checking it now. <clears throat> okay, this is yeah, forget about freak. Now we're this is a Bob Vila cast. <laughs> yeah. Episode Find one. Some, like, I mean, he served Vila cast. <laughs> Apparently he served in the Peace Corps. So I mean maybe that's it was a good a, that's a good a start. Ending. Oh, speaking of 1993 movies, he made a cameo in Hot Shots Part 2. Of course he did. <laughs> Alan was interviewed by Nintendo Power and asked if he could make a video game. Oh, wait, no, that's... Uh... Oh, wait, no, hold on a second. Bob Vila also appeared on various episodes of Home Improvement yeah. as himself, and where he's the rival to Tim Taylor. Contrary to Home Improvement, when at Tim Allen was interviewed... Why was Tim Allen interviewed by Nintendo Power? <laughs> 
There was a home improvement video game, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's right. Wow. Um, I have a question uh, for you. Um, Did any of you watch the idiot box that this show or the movie's not based on, but kind of has the same vibe? Like, did you guys Uh, watch that? I did when it aired. I haven't seen it since the 90s. I mean, there were six episodes. Yeah, like I was I was way, (laughs) way on board with like what mtv was doing this time with like idiot box they did um mm-hmm. like liquid tv yeah like all the like the max the head aeon flux mm-hmm. like all of that shit i was way on board with yeah it was i think like a lot of that stuff was sort of on my peripheral if you will like because i grew up not being able to watch a ton of tv and we didn't have we never had cable so it was just like whenever i could catch it at a friend's house or if we were traveling somewhere but um so i came to idiot box a little bit later but just loving alex winter and his uh just his comedy his approach to comedy in general i think idiot box is hysterical and the beginning of the movie has a, a shout out to idiot box i mean the very first line is a reference to idiot box so um, that's awesome and yeah, I think I've I've probably said this. I know I've told John this in the years that we've collaborated on different like video projects for uh, for Koheleth, But there's so much about this movie and that sort of MTV vibe from that era that I feel like I'm constantly chasing with a lot of our videos and some of the aesthetic feel of the band in general. Like if if Freaked is this sort of like visual aesthetic. I'm like, how do I turn that into like a music vibe? <laughs> Just because I love this stuff so much. So yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with that whole era. I kind of. Oh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say I have to play the. I'm Canadian, and I had much music. Uh, therefore, I did not get the opportunity to to enjoy the. Although now that I mean, if it's if it's on the internet somewhere, I would absolutely love to watch it. Yeah, there's a there's a YouTube channel. It's like Turd Burglar Twenty Six or something. <laughs> Of course, that has, yeah, of course. That has a bunch of this stuff on there. It has like, because Idiot Box was like a few sketches and skits and then music videos. So it's got like all of the, for all six episodes, it's got a number of the skits um, plus like outtakes and some deleted scenes from like Freaked and some other like Alex Winter and Tom Stern projects. So yeah. It would be really hard, I think, to try to like recreate that vibe now because it's just so specific, and I don't even know how you would like really try to do that. Like, wh- I I don't know. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, do a bunch of like weird, absurdist comedy, and then just have like a fucking like power trip video in there? Like, it would just it kind of wouldn't really work now. And I, but I I do. It's just that era is so specific, and it's interesting to how like yeah mtv was definitely catering towards like it's mass media for all intents and purposes and yet this still felt like super niche and kind of like you know yeah it's a channel where just fucking throw shit at the wall and see if it sticks if it gets views who gives a shit you know we're fine as long as we are playing like a madonna video that's going to get a bunch of eyes on the tv regardless we can put all this other crazy nonsense on there and then you wind up getting a person like nathan out of it (laughs) somebody who's actively about to watch a movie called monstered 
I I think the closest to something doing something kind of like what MTV was doing with stuff like Idiot Box now is really just like, I think you should leave. It's probably the closest to just like an extremely weird and like niche comedy that also somehow has like captured the populace. Yeah, I mean, it would have to be that or maybe... I don't know, one of the lesser seen shows on like Adult Swim or something, yeah. maybe. I was just going to say Adult Swim. Like maybe, I mean, I, I think like, um, is it Super Jail? I don't know if y'all have seen oh, Super Jail. Oh yeah, Super Jail is insane. I feel, <laughs> I, I mean, and even that's in a different like headspace, but I feel like that's at least maybe in the same like zip code or something as like a Freaked or Idiot Box. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, like, I... I think the thing that this does really well is kind of like obviously not take itself seriously while taking it very seriously. Like yeah, they had something like four or five different effects teams working at the same time. Yeah. And getting like screaming mad George alone is like big time shit, especially for like a major you know, like this was released by Fox. Yeah. Which is now Disney, which makes Mr. T's bearded lady a Disney princess, I believe. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, like, oh my God. I love and- that he just was like, he showed up, he was Mr. T. And I'm like, oh, he's just Mr. T. He's still just Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I guess you'd really pro- like it would be wildly different like whatever a show like this now just because of how like drastically different the times are mm. like they're they're doing they're either it's a new movie or a new season of Beavis and Butthead and I just I don't know how that's gonna work yeah yeah I now. know I saw that too I was like mm, I don't know well Nathan I think you hit on something really important with um I, we, when we were still living in California, actually it was uh, January of 2020, so literally before everything went to shit, um, they did a screening of Freaked in uh, Hollywood, and we were able to go. April and I went, and it was like a packed house, which thinking back on it now, I'm like, that just sounds frightening even to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were so, I mean, I was like, I was sitting like next to my wife on one side and then some complete stranger, like all up in my space on the other, but they had a, a massive panel to talk about the movie after the screening. I mean, Alex Winter, Tom Stern, Henry Rollins was there, Paul Leary, Catherine Hardwick, John Hawks. I mean, like so many of the cast and crew. And one of the things that came through time and time again just as people were reminiscing and talking about the making of it was there was like so much joy and fun. It seemed like that they were having making this. And I feel like Nathan, to your point, that's a huge part of pulling something like this off where everybody's kind of on the same page in terms of just goofing off and having a ton of fun. Not that you can't have that today. I just, maybe if anybody were going to try to do something, it's not just a matter of like, Let's make it as weird as we want or as offbeat. But everyone truly just seemed like they were having uh, a lot of fun making it. So I don't know. Maybe that's part of the secret sauce, too. 
So, so this isn't a holy shit Keanu Reeves is in this movie moment, but you just said the word John Hawks, and I, I scooched over to the, the cast <laughs> list. I was like, wait, John Hawks is fucking cowboy. What the fuck? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane that it John just, Hawks is in this it movie. Just, just, I don't. It's wonderful. Um, well, well, and so I'll drop two more little John Hawks tidbits. He was in Idiot Box, so he was one of the main cast members of Idiot Box. God, this dude's been acting forever. Yeah, and he was in, he was kind of the star, the name, uh, the, the main sort of actor name in the movie, in the little short film that basically led up to this. So I, I and this this gets to how I'm, I was really trying to remember how I first saw this. And I think it was through the Butthole Surfers connection. Because this started as a project for Butthole Surfers after Alex did a short film called like Barbecue Movie or something. And it's basically yeah. like this family of squares driving into Texas and they get like uh, sidelined by basically the Butthole Surfers having like a grill barbecue on the side of the road. And John Hawks is the, the father. He's the husband of of the family that gets pulled off the side of the road. It was kind of like this weird, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre comedy parody. But I mean, it, like the the film itself is like eleven minutes long, and it's ridiculous, of course. Um, I think at one point Gibby Haynes like jizzes onto a uh, a skillet, and it spells out Satan. I think. <laughs> The most butthole surfers thing ever. Exactly. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> so, and this is also on YouTube, so you can go find it on YouTube. But anyway, so I think all of that led up to it's on Pornhub too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of that led up to Freaked, which again I think was initially, if I remember correctly, was supposed to be like some sort of like comedy horror vehicle or pilot for uh, butthole surfers. Turned out like different iterations. I, I, I don't know how it shifted, but essentially Fox got wind of it or got a hold of it and then offered them, I think, more money to make a different but equally weird film, something along those lines. Yeah, they were... It was supposed to be, from my understanding, a straight-up horror movie starring the butthole mm -hmm. surfers that I think they had pitched for like $100,000 yes yeah and yeah, then that's right. like i forgot i don't like the guy's name is, escapes me at the moment but whoever was running fox at the time like was like fuck that here's like 12 million make this like as well as possible because you know they're coming off like bill and ted and yeah uh and then <laughs> oops and and then well no <laughs> and then because i guess the guy that greenlit it Robert or uh, not Robert Rupert Murdoch fired him for greenlighting too many weird movies. Oh, so <laughs> and this is Rupert Murdoch's fault. Yeah, and so they got a new guy running Fox, who then they did like a bunch of test screenings and test audiences fucking hated it because mm. they were coming in and they were like, "All right, it's like the new Bill. It's gonna be another Bill and Ted," which it's just not. Yeah, and so it just got like cut up to shit and got like just dumped into as opposed to this go originally the plan of going to you know like a wide release went to yeah. two screens for like a week yeah and just like la and new york and made something like seven thousand dollars or whatever 
in screen and like theaters and then yeah. just got dumped into home video sort of because it's been wildly out of print for years yeah yeah so that's that's a little bit about the development of it i mean just it's crazy <laughs> and that's that's how gibby shows up at one point as a crowd member in the, the butthole in... surfer connection like that should be a title for something that's pretty amazing yeah well, it's, uh, yeah. I, I've always, anytime I've like talked to people about this movie that, you know, like roughly our ages that would have the idea of who the butthole surfers are. I always say this movie is like the butthole surfers in movie form. Yes. <laughs> I think, I, I feel like maybe I've told Nathan, but I went to go see uh, Gogol Bordello one time in the city and um my mom, because uh, she was also a fan, was there. We we went with another family, and she went to the bar to get some drinks. And she looked over and recognized a group of of dudes, and was like, "I know you." And they're like, "Yeah, you probably do." And it was like some members of the Butthole Surfers. <laughs> and then we're watching Gogol Bordello, and fucking Gibby Haynes is welcomed up on stage, and like just completely blackout shit face drunk like he just didn't even know what was going on he <laughs> just crawled inside eugene hoots's uh shirt and was just he wasn't even saying he's like he's like sing the words and gibby's just like, <laughs> like just, he was a complete mess they had to just kind of push him off stage because he was so so crocked that's hilarious. what a king well and then the video of him i'm sure you guys have seen the video I saw it recently of him at Lollapalooza when he starts shooting, <laughs> shooting a shotgun at like water bottles in the air. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> they were, they were the best. Well, and that was that was the fun thing about um, the screening was Paul Leary was there and they had him set up on stage with uh, a guitar and a little like combo amp. And so there are a couple, there are like three or four key moments in the film, like when they first get the goo put on them um, and the, you hear like the guitar and the soundtrack, it's an instrumental just starts going crazy. That's him playing. And so when we were watching the movie live, he's like up near the screen and he's like playing his guitar parts along with the sound. Wow. That's fucking rad. But when we get to the, uh, to the panel and people asked him a couple of questions about the whole process and the music, he was like, I, I can't remember for the life. He was basically like, yeah, I was stoned out of my mind. I, I, don't, I don't remember much of that time at all. That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like the butt, like anybody that was in the butthole surfers probably doesn't remember like a solid decade probably of their not. career. Yeah. You don't do what they did, uh, either musically <laughs> or recreationally with, and, <laughs> and keep all your brain cells. Did anyone see the trivia thing that a, like Johnny Knoxville was Keanu Reeves' stand-in for movie poster shoots? No, yes. I didn't see that. It's, so the thing on IMDb says, according to his Instagram, Johnny Knoxville worked as a stand-in and photo double for Keanu Reeves on this film. Due to Keanu Reeves having to be somewhere else, Johnny actually appears in the poster as the dog boy character. Ah. oh that's awesome did you see he's gonna be on smackdown because he shows... he's, he's entering the royal rumble yes he <laughs> he snuck up on Sami Zayn and knocked him out of the stage and they're just like it's johnny knoxville he's gonna be in the royal rumble <laughs> that's oh, hilarious he's gonna get he's gonna get so hurt <laughs> yeah he's probably gonna get thrown out like immediately yeah 
I bet yeah. I, I I kind of hope it's one of those things that it's like just for like the press they let him stay in it for like 30 minutes <laughs> he avoids every attack they recently put out a, a newer trailer for jackass forever and i noticed in this trailer versus the first the first trailer is just let's pull out your heartstrings the guys are getting out there doing it one more time and this new trailer very interestingly has the introduction of like new cast members and like that could just be because of like bam shit or whatever like what mm. it occurs to me that like oh they're having new people come in possibly because these guys are really old and can't do this shit anymore yeah i think yeah i think because if you watch the first trailer there's some of those people are in it you just have to like pay attention and like i assume the plan probably originally was for this to come out last october and then probably spin off into like a tv show again or some shit with like the new cast but yeah I just we'll saw see. Eric Andre and was like, I mean, I'm in. Oh, yeah. You know what? See, I feel like Eric Andre probably watched Freaks and mm. enjoyed it because I definitely get the same kind of vibe of his show because he... it has that <laughs> like cable access TV kind of kind of vibe. You know, now... there was that other guy on MTV, like Jake Fogelnest had a show like that. Uh -huh. Now all I want is Eric Andre to remake Freaked. <laughs> oh, my God. As Ricky Coogan. Yeah. That'd be incredible. I, I, I was texting Jeremy last night that Randy Quaid in this movie is giving me some real Will Forte energy. And so in this remake, I want to put up Will Forte as, oh, that as would Randy be Quaid. Yeah, I'm in. I'm Randy, Randy Quaid, best known, as I noted, best known for being crazy and somehow also related to Dennis Quaid. I just <laughs> can't believe they're related. He is crazy. He was like, yeah, crazy. he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's oh, yeah. like out of his mind now. Yeah, he's certifiable now, right? I mean, he's the kind of crazy that I kind of appreciate and not the kind of crazy that just exists in the United States now. Like, it, like he's he's like if he didn't have such shitty kind of like political opinions and shit. Oh, I never think, mind. <laughs> I think I think he would be that like Gary Busey level yeah. of like, yep, like this dude's obviously out of his mind, but we're still going to give him work. As opposed right. to where Randy Quaid is out of his mind and just a shitty person. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude, that movie, like, just quick tangent, but, like, that movie you talked about with Shane, with Gary Busey. Oh, that episode in the house. Had, Yeah, that episode had me laughing pretty fucking hard. That movie sounds so bizarre. It fucking rules. <laughs> like, like, Gary Busey's legitimately pretty fucking good in it. It's, like, right, right around that time where he was being taken seriously as an actor before yeah. he kind of went off the deep end, so he's, like, actually good in it. Before his lobotomy. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, obviously, Alex Winter and Keanu and, and Randy uh, Quaid like, and Mr. T and John Hawks, there's just so many people in this movie because you also have Bobcat Goldthwaite uh, as, as the sock guy who was probably yep. one of my favorite mutants. I love the part when they take the sock off sock of them off and they're, the, and and they're the just like, the hey, this is a sham! <laughs> <laughs> he still has a fucking hand for a head. <laughs> and they're just like, that's bullshit! <laughs> That's my favorite character in the whole movie. He's great. Oh, God. Uh, there's a guy in this movie who was later in Crazy Rich Asians, and he played, his name's John Chu, and he plays the Stewie monster. Like, he's like the guy oh. inside of it, which is like kind of weird to think that he had a stint as like a suit actor. 
Um, I think we mentioned William Sadler, Brooke Shields in a very weird role. <laughs> yeah, I, I there's a part of me that's like, I would like to know how Brooke Shields got into this movie. Because uh, that, that seems a bit... She also uh, got really high billing. Yeah. yeah, well, and then, of course, the revelation at the end that she's actually just Randy Quaid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so bizarre. Um, Morgan Fairchild, who, when I read on her... Uh, on her Wikipedia that she said that she was kidnapped twice in the seventies, which makes me just think she was part of the satanic panic. Oh my gosh. Uh, I would like to point out Arturo Gill, who plays a clown in this movie, who was stationed in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Nice. This movie does have a connection to my first appearance on I hope you suffer because Megan Ward is also an Mm -hmm. Encino man. Derek McGrath. I think he, is he the guy that plays the worm? Yeah. He I mean I haven't seen Bloodsport 4 uh or 1 2 3. Uh but he's also in this Canadian movie that I read about called The Marijuana Conspiracy which I was like, "Ooh, that sounds stupid. Maybe I'll watch it." It's a 2-hour film about Canadian women smoking weed for 98 days as like a medical research thing. Uh so I decided that sounded really boring and would just watch something else. I mean, <laughs> weed is legal here, so I could just make that as a documentary if y'all want. <laughs> just film your like wife smoking and like like just doing the dishes and like doing whatever around the house and then watching yep. like some funny videos on her phone. Yeah. All right, uh day 100's up. Uh all right, time to knock it off. All right. Now to get some <laughs> government funding to edit this and put it out. Honey. <laughs> she's like just dead asleep has never slept better uh let's see oh lee Lee Ehrenberg, yeah puppet pirate from pirates of the caribbean so interesting connection to what we were talking about earlier so tom stern who uh co-wrote this with alex winter yeah i'm assuming probably somewhat helped direct it but probably didn't get credit for it I, th- I think they're co I think they're uh, co-directors. Co- I usually just see it as like Alex Winter, but yeah, he, yeah. Uh, he directed a bunch of episodes of this really fucking bizarre live-action Adult Swim show called Sal of Sal of the Mole Man. What? That was about <laughs> about this guy who gets just trapped in like the middle of the earth. Oh my and it's gosh! Got, like, it's got like a bunch of people that you know because it was it was live action, so it had like. Like Dana Snyder, who's the voice of Master Shakes, like you know, in person in a bunch of the episodes. It's really weird show. I think Arturo Gill from who played Station is in it as well. Actually, it looks like Alex Winter was in five episodes as King Bullman. Oh my gosh, I gotta check this out. Oh yeah, I have to watch this. It sounds great. Hard to find because they never like. It was a show that aired, I think, just one season. And for a while, the only way you could get it on any sort of physical media is Adult Swim would burn you a, like a DVR and send it to you. Really? Man, they, but they do the best fucking I merch. don't think it's... Uh, like It's just never been streaming on anything. So it might be on YouTube. Like People may have uploaded episodes on YouTube, but I haven't seen it since it originally aired. Wow. Well, The theme song is performed by Trey Parker from South Park. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Unfortunately, he also directed 43 episodes of the band show. So, you know, you win, you lose, I guess. Tom, Tom Stern? Yeah. Uh, Maybe well, he, he needed work. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that's I mean, what he, I assume. And he's working on, uh, actually, I mean, not to make this all about Butthole Surfers, but a he's documentary. Working, yeah, the documentary <laughs> yeah. now. Oh, well, 
That sounds cool. Actually, I got to shout out. I got to shout out my boy Tim Burns as the Frogman, mostly because like. Oh my, my god, the Frogman was amazing. <laughs> my like my favorite, like the thing that my take on this movie is that it's amazing that like this niche humor was put together with a budget that it has. Like you could do these days if you wanted to have any kind of serious budget it has to have like you have to be able to merchandise and sequelize and expand it has to be a proper ip right or yeah. you can do something that is as niche as this is but without the budget but like someone fucking gave these idiots tens of millions of dollars to do this exact thing and and every like every Every character, every costume design, mutation, everything is just gloriously specific. And then there's fucking Frogman, who's just a guy in a scuba suit. <laughs> Absolutely my favorite. So fucking good. I, 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 I Frogman. <laughs> I liked, uh, yeah, my two favorites were Sockhead, uh, the hideous Frogman, whoever the eternal fart guy was. That was really that's, good. That's Lee Ehrenberg. <laughs> Because there's a number of scenes where they just like, well, they'll the do like a group flame. shot. Yeah. yeah, they'll do a group shot, and he's just blasting fire, like, <laughs> and it's just happening, and like you, you. But maybe the best part is the fucking hammer that starts out <laughs> as like a wrench. <laughs> like, just, yeah, uh, just insane and ridiculous. It's, and it's the it's a continual commitment to stupid bits. Like, they're, they're, but everyone gives it a hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, that and, yeah, that's the thing I appreciate about it is how like, like one of my favorite things in comedy is when like, and I think it's something that kind of I think you should leave does really well of just taking a joke and just beating it into the fucking ground yeah. to the point where it's like you kind of are like this is funny and then you're just like okay stop and then it gets funny again. Yeah, and one of the jokes in this movie that fucking and like maybe my favorite joke of the whole movie is when the little kid Stewie is trying to like <laughs> yeah trying to get to so like good. news organizations and keeps getting thrown out in the window <laughs> like from the glass and then, door and then he finally gets somebody they're like all right we're gonna take this story write this kid a it's check the and weekly see. world isn't it the weekly world news i can't remember yes. if it's actually weekly world news or if it was like a you know a joke off it but i know it's that idea but when they're like, write him a check and show him the way out. And he's like, I know the way out. And just runs through the window himself. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's like great comedic timing. Like it's, it's funny visually. And like the writing is really good. And it never feels like pedantic. Oh, like no. nothing just feels stale. Uh, I love that part. But there's another part uh, um, with the, with the newspaper that I thought was funny. And I, I can't, oh, it's at the end when the FBI shows up. And they're like, what took you so long? They're like, well, we had to deal with the alien invasion and then we had to go investigate Bigfoot and then we found you. And everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So the child of Satan in the house to drip blood. To drip blood. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I gotta say, like, I'm, I, I, I've in the last couple of years, uh, realized about myself that I have a very low tolerance for child endangerment in movies. Um, don't like it. But the amount of violence that happens to that kid, and he just keeps getting back up, fucking hilarious. When he gets Who? sucked out of the, out of the plane, airplane, and then yeah. the stewardess, and then like he lands guy, on the ground, and then like the stewardess who goes over, she's like, "Oh, let me close that." <laughs> After getting his head crushed in the door, too. And he and he crash and he lands, and then he's like, "Hey, I'm okay." And the book hits, and he's like, "Oh." <laughs> 
that kid's so good like most child actors aren't great he's killing yeah. it in this movie yeah i think that's one thing i noticed this time around watching it uh again was every, well every scene with stewie just made me howl like something <laughs> about this time yeah. around every scene he was in and i don't know why i hadn't noticed it or again maybe it, maybe i was just in the right headspace but the part where he's like i'm your soulmate ricky like i don't know why it just had me in stitches and so the fact that they from that point on were like somehow telepathically linked throughout the I, rest of the movie just I, I don't know i think they were i think they were probably like lampooning the little kid trope from an 80s movie and that's why i liked mm. it because i fucking can't stand a lot of little kids in 80s movies i think they're annoying as hell <laughs> the joke when like he gets brought in with the EES group and they're talking to uh Elijah uh -huh. and he's like communicating with Ricky and he's just like, I'm in the lab, I'm in the lab, I'm in the lab. And Elijah's like, Oh, not only is he ugly, he's crazy too. Right. <laughs> he's just screaming, I'm in the lab out loud. <laughs> uh does anybody have like favorite quotes in this? Oh movie? my god. So many good this, lines in this movie. My favorite is 12, mi 12 milkmen is the theoretically possible. 13 is silly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and and also with that, just that's a lot of milkmen on one yeah. route. No wonder they fight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this movie had so many good lines. Anytime the Rastafari. Oh, pop God, up. I was going to say, if you want to talk about the most commitment to the fucking dumbest joke having two security <laughs> guards named that are giant eyeballs named i and i and they speak with chipmunk jamaican accents <laughs> when they shoot with guns when, when they shoot the sock and he's just they're just like ah that sock full of holes bod i was i fucking lose it every time <laughs> amazing amazing i loved the eyeballs they were great it's so yeah. stupid <laughs> When, uh, when Alex Winter is doing his sort of farewell speech before he's about to get transformed again, and he's trying to like, you know, say meaningful goodbyes to everyone, and Nosy, he just goes up to Nosy and he's like, "Suck my dick." He's like, "Fair enough," and then just keeps going. <laughs> like Nosy, I never really liked you. <laughs> I think this is probably a cameo, but I don't know the guy's name. But when they're in the tent, and it's the first time he shows up, there's two times. It's but it's the old guy with glasses and the camcorder. Oh, okay. So who, that guy. I, I know I should know who that is. But... His name is Cal Calvert DeForest. And I looked it up and I, I don't know him like specifically from anything. But this is probably like another like weird connection is that he actually has an appearance in the Nine Inch Nails mm -hmm. micro movie Closure no uh, way he has an appearance in it i don't know if it's part of like the broken movie or whatever but he does show up in like a nine inch nails uh live slash micro film that they made which i thought was like pretty fucking interesting and that's funny. i mean that also just sounds like a product of the time like of course he's yeah. just gonna be like sure i'll appear in this movie as like an extra like why not I've yeah. never seen that movie. My buddy has seen it because he's a huge Nine Inch Nails fan. Um, it's pretty gross. Like, I think a guy's dick gets, like, destroyed by a drill in it. Yeah, yeah. it's in the Happiness and Slavery yeah. video. I have that VHS. I'm going to have to now keep an eye on that for him. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome that you have it. My buddy has it, too. They're not exactly easy to come by anymore. No, they're, they, they're only, they were never printed on anything other than the VHS copies. But uh, when he shows up uh, the first time, and it's just 
I don't know why. It just always makes me laugh. But he was like, what's the matter? Afraid of a little rough stuff? Welcome to show business, you morons. I mean, it just, it's out of nowhere. And it just, and I think it's just him and his delivery. Um, I also, the part where Ricky lures the original milk, milkman, who is also played by Tom Stern. So Tom Stern shows up as the milkman. And then again, as he and Alex Winter both play the uh, sensitive guys who leave yeah. the show. But when he shows up as the milkman and he's like, I just, you know, pooped out a turd, the shape of Kim Basinger and she's naked. <laughs> and then when he go, and then when he goes in, he's like, that doesn't, that doesn't look like Kim Basinger. Maybe a little bit like Winona Ryder, but okay. <laughs> I would say probably my favorite part was when I don't remember exactly what they were saying, what they, it was about, but they say to Randy Quaid, you're not supposed to have that. And he goes, Oh, I guess I'm not supposed to have these either. And he pulls out two towels from the Ramada Inn. Amazing. Amazing. When, uh, when Randy Quaid does the big reveal to the board of his plans for a bigger and larger, like, and it's, it's much the, the, cloth or whatever is covering it over and you're expecting something much huger and it's just a slightly bigger version of the exact same thing yeah <laughs> we'll kick disney's dead ass <laughs> i think i think that's what he says to the like, guys yeah, they're, they're like, like we, we own disney or something he's like oh, i hated bambi and he's like yeah but what about when they killed the mom I'm like well i did like that part <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I, we talked about it a little bit, but the special effects design work in this movie is fucking incredible. Like, I I can only assume based on the looks that, like, a majority of it is Screaming Mad George, although I know there was, like, four or five teams working on makeup at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just All to the gooey stuff, definitely. Get it done. Well, I, I feel like Screaming Mad George specifically probably was, is responsible for, like, ricky and stewie at the end when they're like the super mutants yeah you know what's interesting about the end is that for years i saw like pictures and clips of those two characters and never knew what they were from so then when i was watching the movie because and i'm sure that you know exactly this kind of situation where you've seen a movie but you only ever see it from about the like about 20 minutes in and then you watch like 45 minutes of it or whatever and you never see like the actual ending so that was this kind of movie for me so when that popped up i was like oh so that's what this is from it's like yeah. That you you have that image in the back of your head of this bizarre, obscure thing. And then when you finally see what it is, it's kind of like a weird relief. Like you didn't just make it up. It is this, it is something, or you're not just like a crazy person. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It's also like the, the design of Ricky as like the super mutant looks so much like, um, Fuck, I can't think of the artist's name. He did, like, all of those shit where it's, like, the rat and, like, a fucking hot rod or whatever. Coop? Are you talking about the art of Coop? Maybe. Or, oh, um, no. Is it oh, Ed, yeah. Ed something? Uh, I'll look it up. Let me see like if I can the, find yeah, it. Yeah, like skateboard artwork. Yeah, like I very... Like the, it's like the rat and the, and, the, and the drag car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, like, that artist did, like, a Ramones box set that I'm, like, it's 
what's like specifically coming to mind. Rat Fink, right? Uh, and Big Daddy Roth. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, he was the guy who did, uh, like, uh, yeah, Harold. Where, yeah, where, like, their eyes are, like, popping out everywhere and shit. Like, yes. he's, like, very distinct art. Ed, that, like... Ed Roth and Rat Fink. But, yeah, Big Daddy Roth. Yeah, yeah. I just sent it in the private chat if you just want to look at it and yeah. confirm. No. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, but, yeah, it's that vibe. Yeah, or yeah, it's definitely like that weird. I remember like you because it was the kind of artwork that you'd be looking at, and if it was on like an MTV bumper, all of a sudden it would be like animated. Yeah, they did yeah. a lot of that stuff. Like it was very good to do like fluid animation over. Totally. There's something you guys said that I'm trying to think. Well, while you're doing that, I'll just uh, call out because because uh, my better half isn't here. Uh, the, the thing that caught her the most attention was the reference to the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. Uh, uh, I Because, again, I don't know too much about Brooke Shields, but she was like, that's that's a Brooke Shields joke about a movie she's been in. I was like, oh, I, I don't understand that reference. It's the one that she wasn't in. That's why it's... Even, yeah, she was in funnier. Blue Lagoon. And she then was they in the original. Re return to Blue Lagoon. And then she's like, oh, I heard that sucked. <laughs> I like the, what was that part when they're like underground and there's like that bizarre like lost they're like the lost city of Nod and I'm like that's some weird obscure bullshit that they're and it's just like a drawn picture that flips by I'm like what the it fuck was is a, going um, on? it's a slideshow uh, yeah you it's can hear so looking of like family vacation photos <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I actually looked it up and it's like because uh, I was wondering too the land of Nod which I guess is maybe different from the city of Nod is actually some sort of reference to like where Cain and Abel, like when yeah, I was Cain... going to say, that sounds like some Bible shit. Yeah. It was and, like and when... actually where my head went was high on fire. Yeah. High I, on fire also draws on that too. Cause there's oh, a nice. high on fire song called like return to Nod or something like that. I immediately thought, Oh wow, man, I'm glad I'm not the only fucking <laughs> person that thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it was, I mean, if it's the same thing, if it's like the city of Nod or the land of Nod, it would, the idea was, I guess that's where, Cain was exiled after murdering uh, Abel. I'm so glad Abel. we have a Bible expert here. Mr. PhD. It's what I, what I do. <laughs> Jeremy was flexing a little. No, I, no, I looked it up. I mean, it was one, again, I mean, I've seen this so many times, but as I was making notes, that part happened. I was like, okay, this is like some sort of great escape. Uh, riff slash montage or whatever as they're tunneling through and then it gets to that part and I was like what the hell is the lost city of Nod and so I, I mean I literally looked it up for the first time today to see what what in the world it was a reference to I like to when he's talking to the worm because you because he was the the worm guy is uh, the one who comments on it and he's like I don't know how I'll repay you he goes can you wipe my ass <laughs> he just keeps bringing it up he's like yeah. nope He's the only one that doesn't get fixed because he doesn't like macaroons. Yeah. yeah. So good. What a great joke. <laughs> and everybody's shirt says, I was so-and-so, and then it says, I still am the one. <laughs> I didn't notice so, that. That's great. Yeah. There's, all, there's like a joke in this too that never gets explained because I guess Fox cut it out in the editing process where at the end when they're at the talk show and Stewie comes out and he's just holding a bag of like garbage that like so when like next time you watch it when he comes out at the end they're just like all you know whatever brooke shields randy quaid keeps popping out and it keeps getting shot 
<laughs> Giants. That was that's another like class like you're talking about like uh, you're not there kind of thing. Just keep on shooting him like he just yeah. keeps getting up. The, like so, Stewie is just holding this giant like trash bag, like clear trash bag that's just full of shit. And apparently, it was going to be explained that that's just what he eats now. And so, there's <laughs> just like this weird thing where he's just like walks in and he's just holding a trash bag full of garbage for no reason. And like, I guess there's just some shit that Fox is just like, yeah, cut this out. And there's also like the joke where yeah, they cut into Ricky telling his story and Brooke Shields is just like, oh, well, you know, we have to go to break. You've been talking nonstop for 90 minutes. And the movie's only like commercial machismo. Well, like the the movie's only 80 minutes because Fox cut out something like 15 minutes of footage from this movie. Wow. Well, and that's the that end part. Um, again, this was something I noticed for the first time today uh, in, the, in our chat earlier. I, that's why I sent the cover of the Mothers of Invention album, because I know Alex Winter is a big Zappa fan. And so this is just my conspiracy. I'm just making, uh, you know, I'm connecting dots that may not be there. But at the end, when Stewie uh, or when Ortiz comes back and the squirrel is there and it gets thrown into the audience and starts like ripping at the old lady's face, I immediately rip my flesh. There you go. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's immediately what I thought of. And then I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> Alex just did the just did the documentary on Zappa. It's all coming together. <laughs> but that's that's an OK conspiracy because you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of, I think a joke that I didn't notice until I watched this again last night. It's like, I've never caught it. And so they're all standing around at the talk show and it's just like, you know, whatever, wrapping up the movie and, um, Ernie's character goes to say something and he just leans over and rests his arm on Stewie's belly. Yeah. And like, I don't know why, but yes, it just caught I, me I this time. That. But I was like, holy shit, what a great fucking like physical joke. Yeah. The two that were sewn together or stitched together, or whatever, the, them always doing like fucking Three Stooges, like gags <laughs> on each other. I was like, it's like I'm not ma- imagining this, right? They are just doing yeah. the Three Stooges bit to each other because they're like, they can't leave. That's... Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. It is is another like one in a plethora of this movie of just like weirdly weirdly specific references that just because they felt like it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I also like when all of the corporate guys get turned into like a giant melted pile of goo, and then it turns into like a meat shoe. A that, giant shoe. <laughs> yeah. Like I like the little claymation parts too. The honest, honestly, the part when the two. When, when the, the the two get like stuck together really fucking freaked me out no, like pun intended as a kid I was like that's oh. pretty unsettling and then yeah. a dinosaur comes out of it <laughs> yeah as a Ray Harryhausen uh shout out. Very, I'm assuming I'm assuming the shoe at the end was also a very specific stupid joke because of the name of their company again yeah, that was something I get oh, shoes everything yeah. okay mm. but, thanks everybody I just figured that out. <laughs> again i just thought of that today there are so many things and the guy on the plane with the bomb like uh the the there's a i don't know if you guys remember this but when they're on the plane flying to santa Flan, there's a little moment in the background where the stewardess says excuse me sir can i please take your bomb takes a big old bundle of like cartoonish looking like dynamite with a with like a, a clock attached to it puts it in the overhead bin 
And then when the, you know, then there's that scene where you think they're on the plane and it crash and it uh, explodes upon impact. It's like, gosh, glad we weren't on that plane. In that same scene, the guy is standing there with his bomb again, walking around like he's trying to find somebody like in the background. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. But I was like, what is going on? Uh, it's like the best example of them giving um, the, the production uh, company just like all the, they gave the team all this money. And they could have done whatever they wanted to do with the money, made it insane, spend it all on drugs. And they were like, no, we want to make a sincere, legitimate movie that's crazy, but not that crazy. And everyone's like, this is trash. Yeah. I love the joke running through the movie that makes no sense because the way he moves, it doesn't work. But like Ricky in the like where this light doesn't work and there's like when they finally turn the light on in the studio and it's just like a cactus behind him because he's back yes, yeah that that one's <laughs> that one's pretty special because you've spent the whole movie with him as that and it's not clear that you know he's back to normal it also looks like they filmed like the earlier shots like with the prosthetic on like yeah they like, definitely just, did like let's just do this and then it's like revealed oh he's okay and it's just yeah. that like you said a plant not that i really care like a cactus for no reason <laughs> right in the studio <laughs> it's it's wild that we've talked about like how much the movie was fucked with in terms of like footage being taken out because i would have literally no way of knowing just watching like for the first time watching it front to back i was like this is a movie full of crazy shit and i get and most of it makes sense but obviously there's stuff that you know you'll catch watching it further times but like I wouldn't, there was no point where I was like, I am definitely following this until this moment. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's just, it's all wacky all the time. So it's, I, I wouldn't know how you could tell that. I mean, ex except for the stuff that you specifically mentioned, I couldn't, how could you tell that something was taken out? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely works as like a cohesive 80 minute movie, yeah. but like, yes. I, so there's, there was a DVD that has a bunch of deleted scenes and like an audio commentary and stuff that. <laughs> I I want so bad, but it's about spending oh. two hundred dollars to fucking yeah. get it. Because I know the minute I do that, they'll announce like a big fancy Blu-ray release. But like, I I really want to see what is on, like what deleted scenes are on there. Because I feel like if I spent the money for the design work of this movie, I would yeah. put every single shot I could into yeah. it. That's uh. Yeah, any anything cut is not, not going to be something like, I mean, given just how dense the movie is with weird asides and references, like, yeah, there, there's not, it does make sense that there wouldn't be a lot of, like, filler or stuff yeah. that doesn't have a lot of stuff to take out of it, I guess. Like, I assume it's all just jokes that, like, the studio was just like, I don't get this, cut it out. Well, I'm going to send y'all in the chat a link. And this is this is what's killing me. So I have the Blu-ray release from Anchor Bay, and it's bare bones. It's literally, I think, the movie, and that's it. Maybe the trailer. But uh, Nathan, to your point, I didn't realize all the extras that were on the DVD. I'm assuming they weren't included on the Blu-ray because they couldn't be made suitable for Blu-ray format in terms of resolution or picture quality. But one of the things that's on there that I just discovered like a couple days ago is there's a full re read through of the movie 
by the cast and it's like a hundred and or it's like a, an hour and like 23 minutes so i guess it's like you know 83 minutes versus 80 minutes but apparently it's got like little scenes and jokes and stuff that were cut out but it, it's basically like the cast doing a full read of the movie as like as the, a bonus feature on the alex the winters has the makeup on and just the little like freeze frame <laughs> yeah 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 no he's got like half of it on yeah, I'm definitely watching that. Yeah. So I, yeah, I would say that's probably my biggest. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be hard pressed to think of another movie that I would want to see, given sort of like the Arrow or Scream Factory treatment, than Freaked. I mean, I, I don't know who owns the rights, and it's, I think that's, Di- I think that, Disney has it now because it's, it's 20th, oh, 20th gosh. century Fox, so it's uh, never coming out. <laughs> You're right. No. We may, we're never going to see it. They're yeah. like, this is a blight on our Marvel Which masterpieces. I, I don't <laughs> understand because they would just, you could literally just, they could do a 500 print run. Yeah. It would sell make, out. Yeah. It would oh, sell it out would. immediately. Yeah. I mean, t- uh, it, it, like you were saying earlier, Dylan, it, I, it's reached a point now, I feel like, of true, like, cult uh status and it's rare that a movie can still do that yeah that i oh, just well, and, and there's not much there's not much merch there's not you know it's not oversaturated in any way and so for the people that love this movie anything new that you can offer in terms of like oh here's like behind the scenes here's a you know production uh you know bring everybody together for a little making a featurette whatever the case may be i mean people I would I would eat that up. I mean, I, I would I would be all over that. Like this movie on Letterboxd has nine thousand plus people that have logged watching it, and only like less than two hundred total are two stars or below. Those yeah. people are idiots. Yeah, those. I I just imagine they're just either too old or too young. To... Or they wanted another Bill and Ted and didn't get it or something. I don't know. Yeah, they watched it because Alex Winter's in it, and they're like, "Oh wait, what?" <laughs> like they really oh, their favorite movie is The King's Speech. It seems like it's a lot of people that are just like, "I don't Fuck like you, Tom Hooper. And this is, this is... <laughs> like they just keep comparing it to Adult Swim and how much they don't like Adult Swim. So uh, then well. just like don't fucking watch it. I, yeah, that's yeah. not. A, I'm not gonna go and in, get into that argument. <laughs> there is one uh, one star review that just says, "What the hell happened to Nightbreed?" Which is pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Nightbreed yet, but that seems kind of unfair to Nightbreed. Uh, I mean, it's just Nightbreed's just it's sort of the same shit where it's just a regular person, from what I remember, is just trapped amongst a bunch of fucking Clive Barker weirdos. So. Mm. Sounds like a good time. It's yeah. pretty good for what I remember. I'll tell you a very like kind of interesting and weird connection um, that hopefully I'll be speaking with uh, one of these people in the future. So obviously, you know, we talked a lot about the Butthole Surfers um, uh, being involved in the project, but another band that is plays a big role in it is Blind Idiot God, which is a name that I've just sort of like heard tangentially, you know, if you're into obscure music or whatever, it, it's definitely a name that pops up. And uh, as I'm like reading, you know, like, oh, I'm looking at the, the, the people in or whatever, I go on looking, reading about 
blind idiot god and i know to and i noticed that one of the members of the band is this guy named tim wasquita and i'm like that guy sounds familiar and i click on him and tim wasquita was also in the band connate which uh steve nomali from yeah. sun it's oh, a wow. pre-sun band and Tim actually lives in New York uh, around here. Uh, and I was just talking with a guy named Robin who works at a brewery and he's in a local band and he's like pretty good friends with him. So I was like, I would love to talk to that dude about fucking Kanye. But now that I know that he's in Blind Idiot God, it's like, holy shit, that's fucking insane. Like it's just small, first of all, small fucking world. Yeah. But yeah, that's like the there's all these bizarre. That's why I also think this is a great movie for fans of like heavy metal and heavy music and weird. Like obviously, like you know yourself, Jeremy with Kahelith. Like this is totally a movie that would appeal to fans of uh, that type of music that you know kind of goes for that kind of vibe and everything. Yeah, uh, it, it's not like kind of a. It's certainly not an artsy film where it would appeal to you know I don't. I don't know, like uh, a more a more pretentious audience, if you will. Yeah, I mean the soundtrack is is crazy, um, just in terms of, like you said, Blind Idiot God has one, two, three, four, like four tracks, including you know, like kind of like the title song with Henry Rollins. Uh, Butthole Surfers have two. Paul Leary has a so a sing, uh, I guess a solo track. Then there's like some weird like George Clinton sort of like little super group that did a track and, and and then an Iggy Pop demo. I mean, it's just and I think that's where the influence from uh, at least Alex Winter and maybe Tom Stern, actually, probably both of them, given the work they did with like MTV and other shows. But I know Alex directed at least a few music videos, including... Uh, hold on, I'm gonna have to look this up. I feel like he did one maybe for like uh, NWA, maybe I don't know. I'm his subsequent remember. his subsequent <laughs> career, it's 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 really interesting how it's just like 180 degrees from what Keanu Reeves did because obviously yeah. Keanu would go on to be in you know The Matrix and then kind of and then have this like strange and resurgence where everyone fucking loves him and like you know yeah. he seems like a rad dude honestly i would love to hang out with him but yeah. he, he directed an ice cube video for who's ice the cube, Mac. that's it thank you but also yeah, like ice... like three helmet videos yeah red, red hot, hot chili, chili peppers. peppers like so I'm, I'm assuming part of this was just and he went to school in new york so i think he went to he went to a film school in new york i forget uh where anyway i'm just assuming that part of that was kind of what was in the ether at the time creatively. And also mm -hmm. he just had the opportunity to probably cross paths with a lot of these bands and a lot of these guys. I mean, I'm sure being friends with butthole surfers probably opened, weirdly probably opened up some doors as well. Um, so I think that's, I mean, that honestly, it's one of my favorite parts of the film. I mean, the credits are just, uh, the opening credits are amazing. Yeah, I um, love it. And the style of animation, I think, what was that guy's name? Daniel, David Daniels or something? I mean, where he's literally like slicing through uh, like uh, pieces of clay. And so like the anime, it's almost, I think it's kind of like stop motion, but it's, but instead of like moving, you know, like an armature or whatever, 
he, whatever, however he's built it, it's like layers upon layers of this clay. And he's like slicing it, taking a picture, slicing it, taking a picture. And then it's all put together. But uh, yeah, David Daniels. So the combination of that. Cool. Say what? It's super cool. Oh, it's it's. Who does un- that? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's so freaking cool. And then you get the combination, which I mean, I like Blind Idiot God's uh, instrumental stuff. I think they're largely just instrumental. But putting Henry Rollins with them as the vocalist is just like a stroke of genius. Just get Henry Rollins to come and yell freaked a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> it's a kick-ass track. Like, oh, I, yeah, love I love it. it. I, yeah. and, the sec- and the thing is, like, it starts in – there's no, like, build-up. There's no, yeah. like, you know, uh, uh, you know, 20th Century Fox presents. It just immediately starts. And that's how, like, as soon as the song started, I you kind of just get the – I it sets the tone for the rest of the film. Like, you know, what's going to happen. Not, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen, but you, it gives you the sense that this is not a movie that's going to stop ever. And the movie doesn't stop. It just goes, it just goes and goes and goes, but there's not a part that I feel like is really wasted on every, anything. If, if the scene is just sort of like, if it's a joke, it's a good joke. You know, if it's mm-hmm. uh, a side character, it's really funny and interesting and the effects work is great. And then the plot that keeps it together is just, it works. It just, it all works for me. Yeah. It kind of like goes too along what like John was saying is like, like how with the amount of time of stuff that was cut out, like you can't tell, like it's mm. a very tight movie. And like, I like I I want to see what that stuff was just because I'm interested to see where it plays in the movie because like I don't necessarily feel like anything in this feels like it got cut short or runs too long. It all just seems like a perfect like yeah cohesive runtime for the bullshit going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel I almost feel like if this went like 10 minutes longer it would probably be too much oh huh. uh, two hours of this movie would be like the we would be talking about how much we couldn't stand this movie unless it was like another 40 minutes added of stewie getting thrown through windows <laughs> yes <laughs> yes more punishment for stewie and more time with ortiz maybe but. You know, Jeremy, I'm just spitballing here, but if Freaked exists on YouTube in full and no one's bothered to do a copyright strike on it, whenever we get around to doing the next Koheleth video, I just want to loop Stewie being uh, thrown through a window oh my God, I was for the entire length that. of the song. I was literally just thinking, like, that. could you imagine, like, an hour loop of just him getting thrown through the window over so, and over so again? This, <laughs> what you do is you make the loop first. And then you just make it so every time he crashes through is the drum beat for whatever yes. the song's going to be. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah, time it specifically to the drums uh, every time he goes through. Yeah, we're working We're working on a song for a comp. It may be a perfect fit. <laughs> oh, well, man. Jeremy, you have the Blu-ray, so I'm going to leave this one in your hands. <laughs> Is like uh, on the I'm assuming on the Blu-ray release of it because um, I watched it, so John you watched it on YouTube as well yeah yeah so so it it's definitely not like the best quality which I think is totally fine because I, I feel like it helps it um, it's like a fossil it preserves it in that time but yeah. it's still like wonderful to look at did they like clean it up at all because I feel like. You know, like a, like something that I've noticed, like I've been going through my Criterion collection of all of the, 
the Godzilla movies from the the 50s to the 70s. And one of my kind of problems is that they've sort of made the movies look too good that sort of you start to notice a lot more of the cracks. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I still love this, but it kind of is the muddiness of the old VHSs helped make them more enjoyable. And uh, it's it's kind of like, I don't want these movies to be perfect because I know they're not perfect. Like, and I'm totally fine with, with that. Like I can totally appreciate that about a movie. So did they do that with the updated one at all? Or is it just, we just sort of like maybe cleaned up a little bit just to make it a little more yeah. eye friendly. It's, it's basically that it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a clearer picture probably in terms of, you know, the, just the, clarity i don't even know if that's the right word but no it, it definitely doesn't look like somebody went through and all of a sudden you're like why does this look like it was shot in 20 you know 15 like it just it just looks like you know the colors are vibrant it's a good good clean picture and that that's okay kind of it. that's yeah. good yeah uh, other than a fear of like someone eventually deciding to take it down like i'm happy to like, which is why I would want to have it on a Blu-ray. But generally speaking, I'd be fine to have it on YouTube. The only part that I, that I felt like we actually just, like, kind of closed our eyes was the opening credits because the <clears throat> it was a really interesting image, but at such a, like, low frame rate or whatever, mm. it was basically incomprehensible. We're just like, all right, we're just going to listen to a really good song, and then we'll look at it again when, it's <laughs> yeah. when, the, when the movie starts. It definitely felt like somebody had uh, recorded like a, a an MTV commercial and then uh, transferred a VHS to digital and uploaded it to YouTube. It definitely looked like that. Yeah. And I kind of don't mind that because I, again, I like the old aesthetic, but I totally understand. I was sort of like, huh, man, this is slightly off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the, uh, I think at the screening, he was there, the, uh, the, the artist who did this, um, is it David Daniels again? Yeah, David Daniels. He was actually, they had pieces of it like on display. And I think maybe like you could buy like little chunks, but I mean, I think they were like at least like a hundred bucks a pop. I mean, it was something crazy, um, but he was there. It was cool seeing some of that in, in the flesh, if you will. So um, yeah, that, I mean, the artistry on that alone and I, and somebody brought it up earlier. I think that's, that's the other crazy thing is that, which is just only extends uh, my love for this movie is for as dumb as some of it is as stupid, you know, purposefully stupid as it is. Again, everybody who was involved felt like they were bringing their a game to that level of stupidity, which means the special effects, the art, the artistry in it, it's just crazy. And even like, um, Alex shared part of a story about the prosthetic, about just the time it took to put it on. And at least a couple of the shooting days, wherever they were shooting versus where his house was at the time, like he had, oh, he talked about one day in particular, like shooting like something insane, like 12 or 13 hour a day. And then by the time he would get home and then have to be back on the set the following day, he would literally have like, maybe four hours to sleep and if he took the prosthetics off it would cut into his sleep time even more <laughs> so he literally like drove home with everything on laid down on a couch or his bed slept and then got back up and went back with everything <laughs> still attached 
all, just like, so... <laughs> all, I mean, all of his drooling in the movie is real too because the way the prosthetic fit it just like he couldn't close his mouth properly so he's just constantly drooling oh, all over himself really? yeah that, that's uh, a good no, that's like a really good detail I, I think for me, where I get the most respect for Alex Winter out of this movie, aside from just the fact that it exists at all, is the the having to act under half of that much because he still has to be charming on the one half, yeah. But then and be able to talk and articulate, but then like this fucking thing on his head, like it's it's it it's wild. Yeah. It's, it's also just I just think it's so interesting to look at it as. Uh, so, um, you know, Keanu's doing these things and it's a pretty big deal. What do you do? It's like, well, I'm making this really fucking weird movie. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that, uh, when you said that you went to the screening, that it wasn't like a, oh man, I fucking, I'm, I'm like, kind of, I'm upset to be here. Like, this is the only thing that people are, he's like, it, I'm glad that they are happy that there's people out there that sincerely love the movie and, oh, yeah. and, and really do enjoy it and i was just so pleasantly surprised by how much i liked it too because i don't always vibe with some of the nostalgia that some of my like older friends have for movies from the 80s or like the early 90s but i just i really just appreciated the absurdity of this and and how difficult it is to capture that in a contemporary film like there's so few movies of recent note that I think can even like touch the same. Like I was thinking like, you know, I, I would, I also thought of a movie like Psycho Goreman, but, and I know that that is not a movie that necessarily draws heavily on. I mean, it might, but I feel like it's more of an eighties. It's drawing on more of eighties films and whatnot, but it's still like that idea of the, the effects heavy uh, type mm -hmm. films that were coming out and they were low budget in the late eighties definitely trickled into the early 90s as well there's some there's definitely that market of early 90s direct to video or like limited release effects types films and then that just so quickly died out by like the late 90s and all that stuff is like virtually gone it's been replaced by asylum and a lot of the movies just fucking are trash right Nathan? well i mean like if you look <laughs> at it it's really if like as as fucking great as the movie is i think <clears throat> jurassic park was the nail same year too of, well yeah no that's jurassic park yeah. came out after this a year after so 93 94 i believe did jurassic park come out no jurassic park no. came out in 93 yeah did jurassic it? Park i don't know why i was 94 like <clears throat> that's when everyone started being like well look what cgi can do and it's mm -hmm. like you know yeah jurassic park looks fucking incredible that cgi is almost miles ahead of a lot of the shit that gets done with cgi now yeah like this in terminator 2 yeah but yeah. like yeah i don't know it's it is also cool seeing stuff like you brought up psycho Goreman, where like steven kostansky's just like pushing forward with like no i'm gonna do physical just as much as possible yeah and like bringing kind of like this makeup style all that shit kind of back into a lot of the stuff where it would be so much easier to just make all of these creatures cgi but like why do that when you have liquid latex you could use and just like mold it to whatever the fuck you need and make mm -hmm. some weird fucked up like space alien with a fucking tube <laughs> for a head <laughs> or sock guy where it's literally just i mean it's brilliant it's, it's, yeah that's genius like yeah. <laughs> 
And having Bobcat Goldthwait do his voice was perfect. Yeah. I need to see some more of his movies. Did, did has anyone have you has anyone seen his Bigfoot movie? No, I, I haven't, I haven't yet. He made like a Bigfoot horror movie. Like it's like a found footage Bigfoot movie. Oh, um, wow. I'm I'm kind of I heard it wasn't bad. I'd like to check it out. Yeah, they made I'll that hope... weird America's like anti like sort of anti-American spoof type film. I remember when that came out. I don't think I've never seen it, but I'd like to. I don't know. I just like the I've never seen the whole movie. I just like the clip where he's in the Godzilla suit from <laughs> whatever that is. He's an interesting dude. I'm glad he's getting the kind of revisit from people because he's like one of the few kind of comedians from that era that kind of genuinely seems like an like an actually good dude. Mm. And so like he's he's done he does like a shit ton of directing work, like mm-hmm. a lot of the stand-up comedy specials that come to Netflix and like a lot of TV work. So and like I don't know, I feel like there's been like a kind of renewed like especially because I think I think he does a lot of like it's always sunny episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, does he? Nice. I think so. I could be wrong, but I know he does a lot of TV stuff. Like uh, like writing for it? No, like directing episodes. Oh, nice. Uh, the Bigfoot movie is called Willow Creek. That's what it was called. Yeah. Okay. I had no. I, I. I mean, if he does Sunny, that's amazing. I don't. I don't think I, I realized. I'm. I think I could be wrong on that. It's been a minute since I've uh I've looked at that, but or like what he directed TV wise, but right. He did a bunch of Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I know that. He's done Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah. Fun. What a king. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good movie. Great movie. I uh, yeah. highly recommend. If you Same. like if if you like uh practical effects and weird crazy shit and just a lot of like really random but well known people I uh showing up in a movie, I strongly recommend it. I don't know if you like punk rock and heavy metal, you'll like this movie because it's weird. Because everybody who listens to that shit is weird. I mean, I think like you said, I think like you kind of just stumbled on it. Like Psycho Gorban, I know a lot of people watched that this year. Like if you liked that movie, I think there's a good chance mm-hmm. you would like Freaked. You may not, if you're younger, get like a lot of the jokes in it. Because there's a lot of shit. Like I can't imagine people in their 20s know what a really big shoe is. Dear God, I was like, holy shit, like that that one. <laughs> I felt so old. I was like, oh, I understood that. I don't uh, think I got that one. It's, 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 uh, the guy said show. When he said show, he said sh- he, he sounded like shoe. So people would say, he's got a really big shoe when he meant to say show. That's all it was. Is that's that all it was. Yeah. This is fucking old people jokes. They yeah. get recycled as references that me as a kid is like, this is what humor is. <laughs> <laughs> The the Simpsons ruined an entire like. You know what uh, I want to do at some point? I want to do a double feature of this, and I feel like, and I don't know if the audience has crossed over at all, but I feel like this and Tank Girl would be a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I could totally see that. Tank Girl was another movie that I remember turning on like on a cable and just being like, why is why is Naomi Watts in this movie? And why are there kangaroo people? Is that fucking iced tea? Yeah. <laughs> That's Iggy Pop. <laughs> 
Yeah, I feel like they're they and I think they were only like a year apart in release, but I feel like that they would be a lot of fun together. Like this Tank Girl and Tremors, with Tremors being like kind of the most realistic mm. of the three, but it but it also hits that like perfect like creature feature yeah. cult vibe that's the right running time with a great cast and it's really well written and the vision and the special effects are like there's not a there's not a lick of animation in that movie and it's so good uh my double feature freaked in airheads oh that'd be, good. Yeah, that'd be fucking tight yeah i think i i mean i i said it pretty much at the beginning i think i'd probably do this in uhf yeah yeah UHF's that would work call. too yeah that's a great call Yep. So, thanks uh, for inviting me to talk about to uh, freaked so that i could watch freaked and discover how fucking amazing freaked is <laughs> oh i'm happy I'm, we got to do this like, i'm I was, so glad i was really up for the challenge of this because i you know sometimes i just feel like i don't vibe with um movies that people get like so amped about but like this movie 100 lives up to its its reputation i was i was so thoroughly impressed with it and we we have to get like the sloth shirt somehow we have to make that happen that was another one where i was like how have i never realized that what the hell is a burrowing sloth i mean it's just again so <laughs> stupid it's a great it's a great bit that what what fast forward to like five years from now and everyone will have those shirts and we're going to be recording be like doesn't it suck how much people like freaks <laughs> I hate this movie. <laughs> I I would never say that like I would want for this to have succeeded and changed people's lives. I, I don't know about any of that, but if we're looking at what did happen, it does mean that we had, are allowed to have this conversation without having to talk about Disney's reboot of Freaked uh, mm, starring yeah, Give it time. Yeah, well, I, yes, this is why we can have this is why I had this is a nice it, moment now to talk about it before someone figures out that hey you know what we should reboot is freak it's gonna be yeah. the blumhouse remake <laughs> where it's just like dark and gritty and stars fuck out of out of the young actors now it's yeah. fed wolf hard oh that that hurts yeah it's gonna be him isn't it yeah timothy I, salami from dune Here's the thing, though. He's too not... much of like a, a real serious actor, I think, to do something like this. Finn Wolfhard seems like he's got enough of a sense of humor that like he would get like what Freaked is. I feel like Timothy Chalamet would be like, yeah. this is below me. He'd be like, I'm an actor. Well, that's, that's the one thing I was going to say, is that if this were to ever be remade, they would have to include, they'd have to have somebody who gets, who's in on the joke of just the how much they parody and eviscerate celebrity culture and i mean because that's basically the whole thing uh, ricky coogan's character i mean he's he's a spoof and a riff on child actors slash i mean he's basically like a Haley joel osmet or a macaulay culkin before macaulay culkin that's who you cast yeah that's who you get there as you your lead. Like I think he could do it. Like he, I think Macaulay Culkin seems to be self-aware enough to be able to. But that, to, but but that's what you would need for a, either a remake or something where you'd have to be in on the joke that like half of your character is just eviscerating 
celebrity culture like and... all your friends in real life right exactly or just have it as wherever they do that for every single legacy sequel that gets made 20 years later and just bring the original person back get alex winter back in there he he would play uh he, he'd be in the sequel he would basically have taken over the emporium he would have yeah. taken over or uh yeah I don't know. I I just I would I would certainly vote firmly like this movie. It would be very hard to remake this movie because the vibe is just so specific. And even if you were to get someone who were to make like a like if you really were like do freak but set it in 2021 or 2022, like make it relevant to the topics at hand, like yeah. like yeah, I'm sure someone could pull it off, but that commentary doesn't really it just doesn't hit the same way. So yeah. that you know, that's why, I mean, good luck if that happens. I Really I, Big Shoe wasn't relevant in 1993 <laughs> when the movie came out. <laughs> it would be really big shoes to fill. It was literally uh, like, it's uh, literally like a joke that like Krusty on The Simpsons makes numerous times because it's yeah. like so old and out of fucking style at that point. Like yeah. you could basically do replace really big shoe with waza. <laughs> I was gonna say what? That's, that's, that's that you'd have to reach back about that far for it to have the same effect. I What's think. depressing oh. is the remake would be all jokes that like I also don't get because it would be from like 2005 and it would just be like shit that I don't know because I wasn't seeing commercials and stuff then. Right. <laughs> oh God, what a what a kind of unfortunate and t like thing to recycle from i feel like people are that's like the new thing like people are really getting like i know the 90s craze might be over and i think people are trying to dip back into the early 2000s and it's like eh, it wasn't great no yeah no hopefully this never gets remade and i don't uh, even, i don't see how that it no. would even be possible it's no. a basic reissue would be nice on blu-ray yeah that's all yes. i want please vinegar or arrow or Someone, God, someone amazing. just liberated from the Disney vault. Yeah, be incredible. That's freaked. I guess you guys want to say like again who you are and if you want to plug anything that you're involved with, because we're not involved with anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just manifested out of thin air. <laughs> Go, John. My name's John, and uh, I do a movie podcast called Cinema Duel. Jeremy and Dylan have uh, both been on it. We talk movies. Sometimes we talk artsy-fartsy movies. Sometimes we talk about real dumb shit. It's a good time. We try not to pigeonhole ourselves too much, I guess, into any one particular thing. Because sometimes we gravitate towards artsy white director dudes. So we like, nah, we got to do something that's super dumb just to mix it up a bit. So uh, <laughs> if you look up Cinema Duel, that's, that's the podcast that I do uh yeah if you want the opposite where it's a podcast where somebody pigeonholed themselves into just doing <laughs> absolute bullshit uh you could listen to my podcast i hope you suffer with uh my co-host kit and katie where we watch shit with names like dead sushi and monster and tsunami and, and sloth and, yeah and sloth and cock face I, yeah i could dylan was on an episode <laughs> dylan's been on a couple episodes but he had to go watch a movie called Cockface three i didn't have to i could have said no <laughs> <laughs> Wait. sorry Cockface three implies the existence of cock faces one and two no, yes. actually, the first two movies, I believe, are just called Grime Wave, and the third one's called Cockface. One of them's called Gorgasm, one of them's called Grime Wave, and there's Grime Wave 
Cockface 3. Oh my god. Yeah, it was like the worst thing I've ever watched in my life. It, it's the it, worst heavy metal tangential film. Also somehow isn't the worst movie we've done. So that's impressive. Well, we had Ant Farm Dickhole. I was thinking no. Ant Farm Dickhole is probably my <laughs> candidate for worst movie you've watched. Uh, Content-wise, Uwe Boll's Blubberella is probably the worst we've done. Um, but yeah, you can listen to I Hope You Suffer pretty much any podcast thing. We have a Patreon if you want to look that shit up. and That's about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Jeremy, and uh, let's see. I have a couple of different music projects. One, Koheleth. It's a noise rock experimental uh, band with a couple of my buddies. Uh, you can find our stuff on Bandcamp. Um, <clears throat> John and I have collaborated on a few different videos for that. Uh, and I'm also normally in the process of chopping up other uh, video footage and stuff I can find to, to work on different video projects. And then I have a solo sort of outlet called Ain't Pancakes that basically I do a lot of like um, kind of like noise and glitch kind of mixtapes um, also available on Bandcamp. Uh, I think that's it. And I'm Dylan. I do Diary of Doom uh which is a weekly doom metal uh focused podcast and just launched a patreon as well diredoom.com patreon uh where you can listen to deep dives on bands and uh, analysis of fucking pigeonholed stupid ass movies which is what i'm probably going to be doing for the most part on there um but hopefully you'll check that out as well and you can follow that on mostly on instagram and visit website there's pictures and old episodes and whatnot and uh yeah, you'll find it out there so right on yeah thanks for uh having us on wanting to cover this movie on something for a long time and it just keeps getting pushed back on i hope you suffer so no well, it's it was uh it was a true delight and uh, i'm really glad that um i'm really glad that i got to relearn about this this hazy memory of mine <laughs> No, this is one of my all-time favorites, so this was a blast to be able to talk with you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, really cool. appreciate it. Yeah. Very cool. All right, I'm going to go I'm going to go uh go to the Ramada Inn, steal a towel. Get some towels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it.